great to see you in church this morning. Give someone a high five or a fist pump there next to you. Well, we had a wedding here yesterday. Michael and Narelle are married, so that's fantastic. I do want to just say a great big thank you to all the workers and helpers who helped them set up the church and helped them pack up the church and all that. We really appreciate that sense of uh, family and, and team as we, um, you know, honoured them and blessed them on their wedding. I must say, Michael and Narelle are the only couple that have ever had their intention to marry forms lapse. So it, 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 was, it just didn't seem like it took a long time. It did take a long time to get to that point, but they are married today, so that's amazing. <clears throat> Some other infomercials for you. Pastor Josh is in Wyala this morning preaching at Life Unlimited Church, so that's a, a great thing to have one of our team away preaching. I've got to welcome Kirsten Olivia here, Pastor Kirsten from Kingston Southeast. She's going to be here for six weeks to learn everything about church. So uh, you've got to show her what a good church is, people. So uh, put, on your best, put on your best dancing shoes and show her how we do church. So on shoes, I've got, I've got some hand-me-ups. These are from my daughter. <laughs> I'm wearing girl shoes. So, and apparently... You're not supposed to wear socks anymore, but I'm breaking, I'm bre- I'm, look, I don't care. I'm wearing socks. I'm breaking the rules. <clears throat> You're supposed to have sockets, apparently. Well, it's not cool enough for me. I was at a church in Adelaide recently, and everyone's got their, their they've all got sort of, they're, they're flaunting, they've got no socks on. And there's one guy on the base with his, with, with, that's my story, you keep quiet. He's got these tracky dacks with great big thick socks, the, the dacks tucked into the socks. I'm thinking that is, that is swimming against the tide. That is awesome. That is what I want to see here, people. It's like, be individual. Everyone else is wearing no socks. You wear socks. You just do it. So anyhow, I'm wearing my daughter's shoes. Hey, if it's free, I'm in. So also, one other really important thing is we have Awaken 7 p.m. Thursday night, and the last Awaken was awesome. Uh, they've all been good, but uh, I've really got something burning in my heart for the church for Thursday night, so I want to encourage you, come along 7 p.m., and bring your kids, bring your family. It's good for them. And the only thing is I say, if you can only come for 20 minutes, come for 20 minutes. If you, wanna, uh, if you can't get here on time when it starts, and come half an hour later. It doesn't matter. This is a new way of church. It's bump in, bump out, uh, worship hard, uh, you know, pray for one another, all those things. So really encourage you, come, al- come along, come on out, wear your daughter's shoes, you'll have a great time. So our scripture for this morning is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, one that you would have heard before, <clears throat> quite a common scripture. It says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another hang on just uh, get my breath here let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching uh better just take a moment to welcome all those who are watching online thank you for tuning into us this morning and i do pray that the holy spirit speaks to you 
right where you are, wherever you are today. And hopefully we can see you here in person really soon. That would be good. So the title for my message this morning is Habits of Successful Christians. So <clears throat> that's um, it's, it's a big statement, but I think it's something that we need to uh, learn to do. So I know it's common that we emphasize bad habits. And you know, we, we, we know our own bad habits, but I think we also emphasize the bad habits of other people. We sort of analyze other people's bad habits and say, oh, look at, look at all the bad things they do. But bad habits, write this down if you're taking notes, bad habits, habits have bad results. But good habits bring good results. <clears throat> so I know when I look at my Bible, some parts of the Bible are rich in vitamins and minerals and rich in treasure, um, and they give us the keys to living well. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25 is one of those veins of gold. I want to bring it to you this morning. The goal of One Heart Church is to be a place where you can flourish in your relationship with the Lord, where you can grow, where you can learn, where you can develop skills and habits of life that will make you strong and a, a, a better person. And also, it's, it, you know, Christianity is not being a better person and trying to be good. It's about being transfer, uh, transformed from the inside out spiritually that causes you to live life with a different perspective. Lives life with a, I don't need to wear socks day. Or I'm going to wear socks and I don't care. But in the spiritual realm where the whole world might be going down a track and down a pathway, but you say, I'm standing on confidence in Jesus Christ. And that's the kind of church that we want to be. And I hope that as time goes on and as we develop and as we grow and mature in the things of God, that we can be those kind of people. So Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, it's a vein of gold for our lives. So we're going to break it down a little bit this morning. Or if, you're, if I was a really, really cool preacher, I'd say we're going to unpack this. But I don't say that. We're just going to break it down. And we're going to start from the end and work backwards. How's that to mess people up? Start from the end and work back. So we're going to look at the, 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 the statement at the very end. It says, as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. What, what are they talking about here? Um, what is that day? So Jesus referenced this day often. It's a day of his return, otherwise known as the rapture, when all, you know, when all of church history and every, every generation of the church has, has longed for and looked to the day of Jesus' return, when he's coming back. It's not a new thing. It's not a, a funny new teaching. It's a foundational teaching of the church from all time from when the church first began, from when Jesus spoke with his disciples, he spoke about his death and resurrection and the gathering again of the church, which is this, the day that is mentioned here. So um, <clears throat> I know a lot of Christians, myself included, uh, have this thing where we wish that we were born back in the day when Jesus was here. I wish I could have just seen Jesus for myself. I wish I could have witnessed the miracles. I wish I could have walked with Jesus. I wish I could have known what he was like in the flesh. But I, I want to tell you something. Jesus' disciples will be wishing they could be us here in these days to be the generation that witnesses the, Lord, the Lord's return for the church. 
a whole different shift, a whole different perspective of life. And I know that, that, uh, that these days in which we live are very, very challenging times to be a Christian. And we don't need to look very far to see that. Uh, our, our media doesn't show us today the extent of persecution around the world of the church. So we, we hear things here and there, like school shootings in various parts of the world, terrible, horrible. We don't, uh, we don't diminish the, the horror of those things. But what we're not hearing is, is other parts of the world where churches are bombed, Christians are shot, uh, Christians are uh, um, uh, put in court. I've heard of one just recently of, of in, in a country in the world where a Christian business person um, has, you know, talking to a customer, had, has been charged with a, an offence against the, the, the religion of that nation and is now being given a death sentence after five years in prison for a comment made to a customer. And no one reports that in the general media today, but we live in very, very important times to be a Christian so that we can, we can make an influence and stand up for, for Jesus in the world in which we have influence, which is right here where we live and, and beyond. So uh, the, the number one habit of successful Christians, who's taking notes? Please someone encourage me here. Thinking, Oh, they're all, they're all going to buy the CD later. <laughs> we don't have CDs. Come, uh, calm down. But the number one habit of successful Christians is live in a way that demonstrates you believe Jesus is coming back. That's the, the number one habit of, of a, a successful Christian. As you see the day approaching, Matthew 24 verse 44 uh, says, you also must be ready you also must be ready it's talking about that day jesus is talking about matthew 25 verse 1 to 13 the story of the 10 bridesmaids it says five were foolish and five were wise um, five were ready and five were not so <clears throat> i want us to um put as much energy as we do into preparing for our holidays who loves preparing for a holiday been so long since I've had one, I don't know how to prepare for a holiday. No. Prepare for exams, prepare for parties. And if we were to put that much energy into uh, preparing ourselves for the day of the Lord, we would keep our oil in our lamps and our wicks trimmed and ready. It says when the, when the, uh, the, the call came, that the groom is here. It says they, they trimmed their wicks and they went to the wedding feast. And I want you to be a Christian who's living, believing Jesus is coming back. It's not like, well, somewhere way off in the distance, but it's something where you say, I'm living today, every day of my life as a, as a habit that Jesus could come back right now. I've got oil in my lamp. I think, well, how am I going to do that? I want to tell you something. Take every opportunity to to fill yourself with the things of God. If that means, you know, uh, uh, being in the house of God, be in the house of God. If that means worshiping differently, worship differently. Whatever it is you need, it's filling yourself. Get the word of God in your heart. Keep your spirit focused and your heart ready for the Lord's return. All right, was that one too heavy? We're moving up the list. <clears throat> the second habit of successful Christians is they get encouraged. It says Hebrews 10 verse 25 says encourage one another 
We can't undervalue the importance of encouraging. We all do better with encouragement. How many people do better when they just get told off all the time? So just tell me off. Just tell me how it is. Just tell me how, how stupid I am. Just tell me how, how bad I do. You know, if you live like that, you'd be a very, very diminished person. We do good when someone says, hey, you did really well. I like, the, I, I like your shoes or, or whatever it is. That, that, thanks for the encouragement. <clears throat> but this is what the experts say. So it's good to hear from the experts every now and then. It says, consistent acts of appreciation and encouragement is like a maintenance plan for your relationships. These acts reinforce the bedrock of your most important relationships by establishing trust and respect between you and those closest to you. We use a word called affirmation. Affirmation in the church is a great habit to develop. So be a person who is generous with encouragement. Uh, be a person who's, who's generous with affirmation to others so when you when you see something that that um has has uh, blessed you then take a moment to say hey thank you i appreciate that so th there's a couple of points i want to bring out about this is the first one is you need people who encourage faith you need people around you who encourage your faith you don't need doubters who doubt things of God. You don't need people say, oh, well, I doubt that. I don't think that will ever happen. I don't think you need to worry about that, this or that. You need people who are going to encourage your faith, and every single one of us needs an encourager of our faith. And you can be that person for someone else as well. Um, because it's just too easy to find those who discourage our faith those who reinforce our negative thinking. And, and somehow or other, we have like magnets that will find those kind of people and they'll attract to each other. But we, we've got to have a spiritual uh, dimension to us that, that go, I, I, I sense a sense of connection because they've got the same negative vibes as me and we could talk for hours about how dumb everything is in the world. But you've got to go, turn the magnet around and start having a repelling of those things and find someone who's, in, who's attractive because they start to spur faith in Jesus in your heart again and build yourself on that. Um, so a habit of successful Christians is get encouraged. Um, another way we can encourage ourselves is uh, Jeremiah 15 verse 16. It says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They, were, they are my joy and my heart's delight. The Word of God is a great energy booster to, your, to, to encouraging yourself in God. <clears throat> and I, I want to point out to you know, develop the way where God can speak to you personally through the Word of God. And the best way to start is just read your Bible as often as you can. Uh, and those, you, know, you might struggle with reading, Find another way to listen to the Bible. But let the Word of God get into your spirit. It encourages you uh, from God straight to your spirit, straight to your heart. Who's ready for the third one? We're zipping through these really good. Number three, third habit of successful Christians says, don't give up meeting together. So we'll reverse this to make it positive to say gathering is a successful Christian habit. I'm going to show you how. So... I mentioned earlier, we are in unusual times and there are ways that we can stay meeting together. So if you're watching online, I want to thank you for not giving up meeting together, that you're still tuning in, you're still 
um, connecting into the services this morning and, and you've been some people have been doing that for a long time I want to thank you for not giving up but Hebrews 10 it says that some have a habit of giving up the gathering so from the days of Jesus till now believers have gathered the church has gathered um, <clears throat> something that wolves and predators uh, have discovered is they can easily pick off isolated individuals those who are separated from the the herd so to speak they get picked off easily but moving on from that gathering allows the church to function and it lets the holy spirit in so gathering has a very powerful effect i'll give you what i've got one two three four five or so sub points to gathering if you're taking notes get these scriptures down acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 it says as the believers were gathering in one place the word the key word is gather they were gathered together in one place there was a sound like a mighty rushing storm <sighs> i can't do that very well but there was a sound of a mighty windstorm and and it says flames of fire appeared on everyone and they were all filled with the holy spirit so there, there is a uh, a power of freedom in the spirit when people gather together to to pray and to worship God the Holy Spirit was first poured out upon the early church when they were gathered together Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 uh, is there uh, the second point Acts chapter 12 12 it said many people gathered and were praying for Peter he's in prison and it says he was awakened by an angel who led him out of the prison so he had a miraculous breakthrough, a miraculous breakout of prison because the church gathered together and began to pray. And when we begin to focus prayer, when we begin to pray together as people, as a church, we can believe that God is going to break out the, 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 those in bondage. God is going to break out those who have uh, conditions, sicknesses, whatever else there is. There is a power that is released when the church begins to pray together in gatherings it's it's really obvious in the bible the third thing we see acts chapter 14 verse 19 and 20 the, the, the story where paul was stoned and he was dragged out of town as if he was dead <clears throat> it says that could you imagine if if uh, some baddies came to church one day with a big bag of rocks and, and stoned me to death right here in the pulpit and, and then I, I was dead and and then they, they dragged me out to, out to north shields and dumped me there and you were also broken, also distraught. You all went to see my dead body, and you all just gathered around my, my, my broken, dead-looking body, and you just went, someone was saying, oh, he didn't deserve that. He was my best friend. He's the best pastor we've ever had. And everyone was just gathered around the dead corpse, and they just began to, to, to gather. It doesn't say that they began to pray. It doesn't say that they lay hands on him or anything. It just said they... The believers gathered around Paul and, it, and he revived. <clears throat> they probably didn't know what to say. They probably think, we, 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 we'll be next. I don't know. As Paul was stoned, dragged out of town as dead. But it said after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city as if nothing happened. He, they gathered around Paul and he was healed. There's something powerful in the gathering. 
Don't underestimate gathering of believers. These, are, these guys are probably discouraged, scared, frightened. Um, who knows what else they're thinking? But they, they didn't say, Paul's been stoned. We think he's dead. Let's scatter. They gathered around and a miracle happened. The, the fourth one, Acts chapter 14, verse 27. It says, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. They gathered for good reports. So the, 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 the disciples had been on journeys around about the place. It says they came together in Jerusalem and the church gathered just to hear the good reports of what God had been doing around the world. Gathering to listen to good reports. Uh, the last point there is Acts chapter 15, verse 30. It says they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. So the church gathered to learn. The church gathered for instructions. So a habit of successful Christians is they gather. The fourth habit of successful Christians is love and good deeds. Now, if you, you, if you look at that scripture there in Hebrews, we're working back up the line. We start at the, at the bottom and we're working up. Love and good deeds. See, this habit has an outward expression from within to outside, from within to without. So good deeds is, you know, if you, you, what is a good deed? It's doing nice things for people. We have a saying, I should put a sticker on my, I like the sticker, random, act of kind, random acts of kindness, especially when they're done for me. <laughs> Who doesn't love a random act of kindness done for you? I'm still, I still drive through McDonald's drive through round and round and round, hoping someone will pay for my, <laughs> for my thing. I think, well, that, that car looks generous. I'll go in, uh, in front of them. <clears throat> but I'm so glad to be in a church that cares and does good deeds for each other and for people who we don't know. So doing a good deed for Michael and Narelle yesterday was all those who came and uh, you know, set up and packed up. And uh, we've seen that over and over again with people in our church when there's funerals, when there's weddings, when there's family events. And uh, the, the church does good deeds, shows love for each other. Um, one Heart does good deeds every day through One Heart Care. And, and I'm glad that we have a functioning arm of our church that is geared towards raising funds and, and resourcing, helping our community, doing random acts of kindness all, all over the place. So on that, I just say, get behind One Heart Care. It's a great local cause that delivers good to people every day of the week. As individuals, we can't contract out, though, our good deeds. Develop the habit of good deeds of your own. So sometimes we think, oh, well, our church does all this sort of stuff and our, 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 I can ask the pastors, I can ask the, the, the leaders of church to, to do a good deed for my neighbor. But I want you to personally take the challenge and ask yourself, how can I do good deeds for others around me? Because it's a, it's a part of being uh, a successful Christian is showing acts of love and good deeds. Matthew 6 verse 3 says this, it's an interesting one. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. See, I'll just say on that, love and good deeds doesn't brag on itself. So, you know, you, you, you bought a sandwich for, for, for someone and they go, oh, see the sandwich you're eating? That was me. 
I did that. So it doesn't brag on itself. Our mission statement is Matthew 5, verse 14 and 16, you know, in One Heart Churches. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Now, are these two scriptures, you know, like, like at war with each other? One says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand doing. Then the other one says, you're the light of the world, like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise you. No, praise your heavenly Father. See, good deeds bring praise to God. And that's why we want to be, we want to be pure in our motives, in, in how we live our lives, that we're not trying to say, grandstand me or grandstand us. So our left hand doesn't know what our right hand's doing in the sense that we're not bragging on ourselves, but what we do do, we want people to say, Jesus must be good because those people do good. That's what we want to look. And my, my uh, fifth habit of successful Christians, I'll invite the music team back, please. <clears throat> it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. Now, we might be thinking, well, that's, that's encouraging, isn't it? That's just like the same as encouraging, spurring one another on. It, 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 it's similar but different. Every now and then, we need a spur, like a cowboy wears we need a spur into our side to get us galloping so no horses or cowboys were harmed in this illustration so it's okay we checked that first we had our legal team check on it it was all good this level of is for christians who are going to higher levels spiritually for ministry they're the ones when, when we're in that sort of spot where we need to go deeper need to go higher need to 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 pursue god further so if you want ministry be ready for some spurs in the guts they hurt but they get us moving and it's how we react to the spurs depends on how successful we'll go in the ministry so let us consider it says there let us consider Using spurs is dangerous. So they must be used with caution and consideration. So a spur in the face is not very comfortable. It's not very nice. So it's not appropriate. But irresponsible use of spurs is called abuse. And there are many great people are victims of inconsiderate spurs that have damaged their progress. So, you know, sometimes you think, gee, guy over there Jesus need to get his act together he needs to start you know being in church like it like like he should be he, he he's got so much potential but he's wasting it so we we strap on the spurs so hey let's have coffee and then we start irresponsibly using the spur into that person's life as I said, many great people are victims of inconsiderate spurs that have damaged their progress. That's why it says, consider ways. So proper use of spurs considers first. It's considerate. It's thinking first. See, a habit of successful Christians is responding to spurring with maturity. And as we use spurs, only use them on others sparingly. 
You know, sometimes there's, there's a misconception in the church where people think you're a great leader, you're a great pastor because you're booting everybody with the spurs. Come on, I'll get this church working. I'll kick it in the guts every time I can. That's an irresponsible use of spurs and it can cause irreversible damage. So can we just stand together this morning? I would just love that as a church that we can develop habits of being successful. Because it's not so, you know, it's important that we individually become successful in our Christian walk. But what that does is creates a successful church. A successful church is built by successful Christians, successful believers, those who have decided, God, I want to put the habits in my own personal life so that I can flourish and grow and be all that I can be to bring glory to God. So I'll go through them again. Live believing Jesus is coming back. Get encouraged. Be in the gathering. Commit yourself to love and good deeds and be ready to spur on. You know, you will spur people some days and some people will spur you. It's not the, the only way, uh, but that you've got to do those, those things in moderation when you're thinking of the spur. But this message is all about letting things work in our, in our lives and in our church. So I'd love to pray with you this morning and invite you if you think, hey, I really need to get some keys of success in my life. And I've just used those today as an illustration. There could be many, many more that we could add to that today. But we're going to start with those. And if that's you and you're thinking, God, I really want to get this Christian thing right. I, want to, I know I can do better. I know that there's more that you have for me. Then I'm just going to invite you, close your eyes, no one else looking around, no one judging your motives, saying this is between me and Jesus right now and doesn't matter what else anyone else might think or not think. Just put your hands out in front of you and say, Jesus, I want you to help me today. Why don't we do that right now? Just put your hands out before the Lord. We're going to corpor corporately agree to develop successful habits. Lord Jesus, I just pray today over every hand that is raised, over every heart that is open to you this morning. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you may create within us. We open ourselves. We welcome you to create those habits. Help us create those habits that make us better, stronger, successful believers. And we just pray and thank you, Lord God, that when we receive your word, we receive some, some vein of gold into our circumstance and situation. So we just pray and believe right now that you're doing a work in our hearts and we just say, Lord, we want to be a people, we want to be the church of successful Christians so that we can build a successful, powerful church right here in One Heart Church, Port Lincoln. And we just thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.